Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel, and I am super excited that you guys are here with us today. And by us, of course, you know that I mean my esteemed co-host, none other than Mr. Dean Holland. Dean, how's it going? Hey, every day is a good day when I'm with you, of course. <laughs> Yay, I think that deserves another trumpet. <laughs> and I nearly got through it without laughing as well. Almost. <laughs> you almost <laughs> had a straight face when you said that. <laughs> right. Yeah. How you been anyway? How you uh, been? Good. Good, man. I was, uh, I was actually on, uh, on vacation for, uh, for about 10 days and had, uh, had an amazing time. And you know, it's, it's so funny because I, I, even though I've taken amazing vacations and I've sort of gotten used to the idea that vacations are good for me and resetting and everything, it still always surprises me how much better I feel when I get back from vacation. Right. Yes. Yeah. Funny, funny enough. Um, I think I mentioned this to you a while ago, actually, but up until was it last year, I think I'd gone like four or five years without any vacation at all. I was, I was literally like, so in the mind frame of, I can't take a vacation because I'm not happy with how my business is operating that I didn't take a break and and it even got to the stage, you know, it was very strange feeling that I'm so glad that I broke. Um, but I even started feeling like I can't, I like I physically cannot or do not deserve to take a vacation because I'm not happy with where we're at. Um, and I even persuaded myself I didn't need one as well, which was, which was very weird. Now that I've had many over the last sort of 12 months, I've realized how wrong I was. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's it's really interesting that you say that because I think um, what first first of all, all of us have blind spots, you know, where where we can't see our own weaknesses or or patterns or whatever. Mm. And I think I think for you know really driven people, especially you know people that are you know just just trying to grow their business and they've got big goals and and they're surrounded by people who are doing amazing things. I think there there tends to be like this this moving standard of what good looks like. And what good looks like, you know, 2 years ago is different than what good looks like today and and sometimes I think we run the danger of saying, well, I'm not I'm not happy with where things are um relative to where I think they could be because we always see that there's more possibility. Yeah. And 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 we just keep moving the goalpost on ourselves and it's like eventually you got to just be like okay i've got to recognize the progress that's been made and uh and you never get to a place where everything is perfect no matter how amazing your business is or how great you're doing in any any area of your life and uh, and i think that's uh it's something i've been so guilty of myself is just be like okay well you know i'm not quite where i think i need to be yet 
I'll wait, I'll hold off on this or that or the other thing until I get there. And then when I get there, by the time it happens, it already feels normal. And I, and I expect to have that result. And then again, my new goal is further out in the future. And it's like, it's just like the, the, the finish line is always on the horizon and that's dangerous. And so, um, yeah, I, I completely relate to what you're talking about. And I've, I've done that many, many times. And I think only in the last, honestly, like the last two years, maybe three at the most, I've started to become more comfortable with the fact that, okay, well, I have accomplished, um, significant number of things. Let me take a break and reset and come back. And that's been, that's honestly been one of the hardest things in the world for me. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I actually, um, I think it was, uh, was it like October last year when I was going to kind of break this no vacation thing, um, for a while. And, uh, I remember actually, I think I put this, po- I put quite a long post about how I was feeling on Facebook, but it was, uh, around the, around, it was, it was a kind of feeling where I was actually fearing detaching from my business for fear of what might happen without me being there. And it was like such a bizarre feeling. And it actually took, thankfully, the uh, the vacation was about 10 days. I think if it was if it was like five or seven, I may never actually have fully relaxed. I remember it taking me a good three or four days to actually let go. But once yeah. I did, I was like, this is it. This is what life is about. I am making sure this happens regular. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 incredible, and and it's it's interesting you said about that time frame. So we we went um, we went uh, with with some people that you know uh, from uh, from our, our our peer group. Um, Brandon and Kaylin invited us to go and uh, hang out with them for Fourth of July, right? Uh, where we celebrated uh, getting rid of the British over here in the U.S. <laughs> and- <laughs> you like you never quite managed that fully, did you? You're stuck with me, so. I know I got to declare my own independence, but, um, <laughs> so, so it was us and it was, uh, it was four couples total. And, and we flew, we flew to Albuquerque and, and then drove, they have a lake house a couple hours outside there. And it was probably not until the night of the third day. And we went to this, like, we're like this amazing, like world-class, like hot springs, natural hot springs. And we're sitting there and just hanging out. And like all of a sudden, I felt myself just be like, "Ah, oh, okay, I can finally chill." But it took me three full days, and everyone was like, "Oh, it finally happened for you, didn't it?" <laughs> I yeah. was like, "I was like, yeah, it's because uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's like going it, you know, it's like going from, um, you know, fifth gear or something, and then trying to get yourself into neutral, right? And it's just, it's just." it takes a couple of days, at least for me, it does. It sounds like the same is true for you. Yeah, definitely. And what do you think actually, here, here's an interesting thing that just kind of came to my mind, particularly obviously with yourself and you, you've had a, you know, a huge impact in how our business sort of functions and systematically is set up and operates. Um, do you find, do you think that actually in a way having your business sort of systematized and set up and runs, you know, very particular ways do you find that actually makes it harder when it comes to settling down, like resting and, and taking time out? Because you are so systemized in a sense of like you you operate a day-to-day basis in a certain kind of way. So when you run your business like that, do you think that actually makes it tougher to step away and forget that for a while? Or h- how do you think that impacts that side of things? 
Yeah, that's, I don't know, that's a really interesting question. I think the answer to that has changed over time for me. Mm. I think earlier on, I resisted time off because I was freaked out about what would happen when I was gone. Right. And, uh, you know, oh my God, you know, clients are going to leave or, you know, shit's going to hit the fan or whatever. And I, and I can't, I can't afford to unplug and be away. And I think that having gotten things, uh, very systemized and having an amazing team that, uh, that, you know, just, just does an amazing job on a regular basis. Those those fears and concerns sort of have gone away, but what's uh, it, and it's funny how we continue to create fears and concerns <laughs> even yeah. when things are going great. <laughs> and and the I think the big thing that makes it difficult for me to unplug now is this belief that I should be doing something because I don't necessarily have to, right? But. I'm like, oh, well, I got time. I've got to be productive and I've got to be doing something. And so that sort of causes, you know, all different thoughts and, and, and beliefs and patterns to have to emerge. And so that for now, like right now, the, the biggest challenge for me is, is, uh, I don't know that it's necessarily getting out of the systematic day to day routine because that's like, I feel like that runs pretty effectively without too much of my involvement. Right. It's almost this strange guilt of I'm supposed to be working <laughs> on something right now because, you know, how it is like, you know, I, I mean, I've been, you know, pretty much working for you know many, many years and, you know, taking random breaks here and there. But by and large, you know, since uh, since I probably I was even like 12, you know, I've had some sort of pursuit of some kind. Right. Sure. And not pursuing anything for a small period of time, even if it's only a week, feels very uncomfortable and it feels very weird. Yeah. And and I think that's uh that's the that's the latest <laughs> the latest concocted fear that I have about taking a vacation is like, well, like if I'm not going hundred miles an hour, I'm not working really hard, <laughs> um, maybe I'm not going to continue to make the kind of progress that I'm I'm used to or that I want to. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know about you, but like when I've forced myself to start taking these, taking vacations again and taking breaks and, you know, having that downtime, I actually find that not only does anything that I potentially worried about going wrong whilst I wasn't there, not only does that not happen, um, but some interesting things actually happen. Um, I've had, I've had instances over the last sort of 12 or 18 months, uh, 12 months or so, where actually things that, let's put it in a different way. I've found that sometimes by me stepping away, better progress in certain areas has actually happened. That's actually made me realize that sometimes I'm holding the team back and I'm actually restricting certain things from happening because of certain beliefs that I've got around those areas. One, one example, just, just so this doesn't sound just weird and it can put this in a context. We had been planning for a long time to launch a particular, um, high ticket program. Um, and because this was going to be at the time, one of the highest sort of price tag things we were going to be offering around about $13,000. I had this sort of block in my mind where I wanted things to be really right. I was not, not perfect. I'm not saying I was seeking perfection, but I didn't want anyone to buy that and be disappointed, right? As we all do. And so I kept holding it off and saying, no, we're not ready to launch that yet. No, we're not ready. We're not ready. 
And um, I was actually away in the US and uh, one of my team messaged me and I remember opening up the message and he said, well, we need to figure out that program because I just sold one of them. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And by the time I came back, I think it was five or seven days later, they'd sold two of these programs. And we just basically had to get on with it. And it, it, it was like a big eye opener for me that actually sometimes I can be the bottleneck in the business. And it, if it weren't for stepping away, I would have never realized that. Yeah, no, there's, I think there's a lot of, a lot of benefits to, uh, to stepping away exactly like you're talking about. I mean, in, in that particular case, and I've, I've observed it in my own team, when I'm not there, people can't ask me questions that they might ordinarily ask me, which gives them the opportunity to step up, you know? And, uh, and I think that's good because, you know, our, our, our goal and our job as, as business owners is not to do everything ourselves and it's not to seek perfection. It's to grow the pie and, and enable other people to shine. Right. And if we're always in the way and, causing other people to feel dependent on us. I think we rob other people of the opportunity to grow and shine. And I think that's a really important part of anybody's career. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, what would you say then on this topic for, for anyone listening then? So they've, let's imagine they've, they've started growing a team or maybe they've already got quite a large team. How do they, what, what's some advice that you might offer, like in a sense of empowering people on your team to actually make those decisions or find those answers for when you're not there. So let's imagine you are there right now and Pete and your team members are coming to you saying, how do we deal with this? What, what, what steps can people take to kind of transition away from that? And, and I guess the words do you think would be probably like empower the team to, to take that initiative and, and solve those things without you giving the answers. Yeah, I think, Honestly, I think it's a lot easier than most people would believe. Um, you know, there's em, empowering people. I think implies that they need they need some sort of motivation or uh, or something like that to to move forward. What what I what I believe is the easiest and fastest way to get anybody to step up. And of course you run the risk of people not stepping up, but I would rather know if they're not going to step up because I need people on my team who do is, is being crystal clear with everybody about your, your outcomes that you're trying to achieve and why you're doing things. Right. You know, like very, very basic stuff says, okay, here are what our goals are and here's why we're doing these particular things. Right. And, and to set, to set the, uh, the destination for where you're going and the purpose behind it, as as long as that's in place, that's a you know that's a north star for everybody on the team. And so if if they find themselves in a situation where they're not quite sure what to do, they can ground themselves by going back to well, here's what our goals are and here's why we're doing it, and then use their best judgment. Okay, is this going to help us get to our goals? And is this in line with our purpose? And I, I, I'm, I'm such a firm believer in allowing other people to use their own intelligence mm. and to solve problems. Because I like if I am the problem solver in the business, we're doing something incredibly wrong. And 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 over time, I have continued 
to resist solving problems even when I can and even when I'm around. Right. right. Um, and, and for me, you know, somebody comes to me and says, Hey, you know, what are we going to do about XYZ? I, my preference at this stage is to turn around and say, Well, here's what we're trying to accomplish. What do you think is the best approach? And, and lowering that dependency on me over and over and over and over, then like when I go away, it's like amazing things are still happening because everybody's clear on what our outcomes are yeah. and, and why we're doing it. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and, and not every decision is going to be perfect. Sure. Not every decision of mine is going to be perfect right. if we're honest. Right. So, uh, so we all got to have a certain tolerance of, uh, you know, mistakes and, and things that are going to be made. But, but by and large, if, if you continue to just instill in people the goals and the purpose of what you're trying to accomplish. And even when you're around, instead of like jumping down in the trenches there and rolling up your sleeves and saying, okay, let me figure this out and I'll get back to you. Be like, hey, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Like, what do you think is the best approach for this? Just continuing to to reinforce that that sort of way of operating makes leaving for any period of time uh, that much easier. And I'm not saying you become negligent. I don't think that's what I'm advocating here, but I, but I am saying, you know, along the lines of what you, you know, using that word that you talked about empowered. Mm. Well, if people feel empowered when you're around, then they're probably still going to feel empowered when you're gone. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's that, 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 that what you just said there is actually, I th- I think some magic, like, you know, if the team member comes, comes to you with, like you say, the problem, like, like James, what do we do about this? I think that response is is just magic. Like, well, this is our outcome that you know we're looking for. So knowing that, what exactly do you think the answer should be? Like, what would you do with this? You know, how would you answer this? I, I think that I think that's great because then I, I I actually think going back to something you said a moment ago, I think is is one hundred percent true. I think a lot of times um, people know the answers or at least have a good idea, but. Sometimes I think, and this is at least what I think from my experience, is sometimes when you're around, rather than them just make that answer and make that call, they think, they believe they've got the answer, but they'd run it by you first, so you have almost like the final say. But really, you don't want that, do you? Like, they should, you have the final say. And like you say, they're not, nobody's ever going to be perfect and right 100% of the time. None of us are. So let that person run with it. Like, like you make the call, you know, the desired outcome, you know, what we're striving towards. Like, what do you think? I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember if I've shared this, uh, with you or on the show or whatever, but even if I have, I think it's worth repeating. I'll be um, the judge of that. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. I think, uh, I think, I think we need, we, somebody else is going to be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to allow Chewbacca to, to determine whether or not this is worth repeating. Maybe not. the listeners um, should judge. Like, guys, if you like what he's about to say, then then I don't know, leave a review or something. If you don't, then leave a review and tell James that you think he just talks crap. <laughs> yeah, leave a strongly negative review. <laughs> hey, remember that one episode when you repeated yourself? That was completely worse. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone could just m- literally mail James some horseshit in the in the mail, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I uh, my my uh, my residence is in uh, Nottingham, <laughs> England. Um, <laughs> um, you can find me at the Internet Prophets Office. <laughs> yeah. uh, James, real care of Dean Holland. Um, 
<laughs> so, so when, uh, so this is, this is going back, uh, some time when I, when I was at HSBC, um, you know, I had, uh, come in and I had been hired to run this very big internal consulting group inside of the company. And, and as you know, you know, especially being from the UK, Dean, like HSBC is an, an enormous organization. Oh, yeah. We had 330,000 employees when I was there. And, uh, and after the first couple of years I got, I got promoted and, and I was, you know, running digital strategy for the whole bank. And I was reporting directly to the chief marketing officer. And I think I was like 28 or 29 at the time when this happened. And, and, uh, you know, I, I was capable of doing the job, but I certainly wasn't, um, I didn't have the executive experience of doing that yet. You know what I mean? And so thankfully they hired me this, uh, this amazing executive coach, um, and his name was Simon. And Simon was also the executive coach for like the CEO of Tesco, um, and other major companies all across Europe. And for you guys who aren't familiar with Tesco, it's almost like, it's basically like the equivalent of a Walmart size corporation, uh, in the UK. And, uh, and, and so mass. And so he was the, he was the executive coach of all these chairmen and CEOs of all these big companies. And and somehow at 28 or 29, I got lucky enough to have him as my executive coach as well. And he was just absolutely incredible guy. And former British special forces. He was probably in his late forties, early fifties at the time and woke up every morning at five o'clock sharp, went for like a 500 mile swim. You know, it was like one of these guys that was just, (laughs) yeah, basically. Yeah. He rode on the back of two great whites after he was done with his swim. Um, you know, he harnessed them up and he was just like, he was just a stud. And anyway, so we're sitting there one time and I was talking cause I had, I had a, pretty big team. I had, um, probably about 70 people, um, all across, you know, different continents and different countries and, and everything like that. And, uh, and I was trying to figure out how to most effectively manage the managers who reported to me, who also had people reporting to them, right? right? We had multiple layers of management on this team and, uh, and he shared this story with me and it, it just, it stuck with me. He said that this one time he was, he was in the chairman's office. Uh, I believe it was Tesco. So here's chairman of the board of major publicly traded company. And he's sitting there having a session with this guy. And there's a knock on the door. And chairman looks a little bit you know, annoyed that he's being disturbed. But he's like, come on in. And the guy comes in. And it was one of the chairman's direct reports. So obviously a pretty senior guy inside the yeah. organization. And, uh, and, he, and he says to the chairman, sir, I have a question for you. And chairman looks up and he says to the guy, he's like, okay. He's like, is this a six inch putt? And the guy looks back at him and he's like, no, sir, it's not. And he, and the chairman says, okay, I want you to leave and come back once this is a six inch putt. The guy says, yes, sir. Walks out of the room, shuts the door and they start to get the session going again. But Simon, uh, my executive coach looks at him and he's like, what on earth just happened here? And chairman said, listen, with, with my, with my position in this company, people are paying me for my judgment, my experience, and my discretion. And my job is not to do the heavy lifting to get things to the point where we can make a decision. My job is to make the decision. And when when I talk to my team, I tell them that I want them to picture us going out on a golf course. And I need them to be the one 
who tees up the ball at the tee box. And I need them to be the ones who drive the ball down the fairway. And I need them to be the ones, if the ball gets hit in the woods, they chip it back out on the fairway. And then they chip it up onto the green. And then they take the long lag putt. And once they get that ball six inches from the cup, that's when they hand me the putter and I tap it. Oh, nice. And he said, so in our company, a six-inch putt means, have you done everything necessary to frame this decision so that it's very simple for both of us to decide together what needs to happen. And, and I've, I've continued to use that and, uh, and to teach people that and everything. And, and, and I think, you know, going back to your question before about, you know, how do we empower people? We empower people by allowing them to get the ball within six inches of the cup without us. And if they need help tapping it in, then it's very easy. Right, we're not the ones who are saying, "Well, okay, let's let's roll up our sleeves and let's figure out all these problems and do all this other stuff." Like, I want people to come to me and say, "Okay, here's the situation. Here's what we think we need to do about it. Here are two or three different options on how we should proceed, and I think we should choose option two. What do you think?" Yeah, like that. That's a six inch. I love it. That is gold. The gold is showering right now on the podcast. I think Chewbacca liked it. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to leave a good review for that one. Uh, that was All worth right. listening to. All right. So you're not going to mail me the sack of horse shit then? <laughs> I might do, but I'll wait a week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it attaching to that good bit of wisdom you just dropped. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I think, but I think that's what it's all about. And it, and, and part of that is, um, you know, as as you know, and as our listeners know, you know, you and I are in this uh, this book writing contest together right now, right. and and one of the one of the parts of the book that that I'm writing is about how entrepreneurs keep themselves stuck at a certain level, and I think that feeling like you need to be the hero, and I call it hero syndrome is one of the biggest reasons why we stay stuck where you're like, all right, I've got to be the one who does everything. I've got to be the one who shines all the time. I've got to be the one who does blah, 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 blah. Like that sort of thinking might serve your ego for a little while, but it's certainly not productive. Right. And and you have to allow other people to step up and shine because you cannot name one great business in the history of the world where the entrepreneur is the only one who shines and gets things done. Yeah. You got to bring out the best in other people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I had uh I had actually one other one other interesting insight from this uh from this vacation. And and it goes it goes back to something that I think we've talked about before, but it was like really really reinforced um on this trip. So it was so it was us so, you know, eight of us total, right? Four, right. four couples on, on this trip. And we, you know, we did so many things on this trip. It was, it was like ridiculous how much we packed in. <laughs> we did, we did like, uh, like motocross through the desert. We did surfing behind a, a, a boat in a lake. We did golfing. We did, we, you know, we watched fireworks. We did, you know, dinners every night, like all these different things. And we were, uh, we were six days in. And we're supposed to leave on the seventh day, and we all drove back to uh, to Albuquerque, where we were supposed to fly out the next morning. And Thursday was uh, was Brandon's birthday, and 
we're sitting around and we're like, all right, well, now we're back from the lake. What are we going to do for Brandon's birthday? And I had the idea. I was like, well, we could just fly to Vegas. <laughs> and and, uh, and Kaylin was like, yeah, let's do that. And everyone starts laughing and like, oh, that would be fun. And I was like, no, I'm serious. And I looked and I looked for flights and I found a flight. And I was like, if we leave in 20 minutes, we can make the 20 minute drive to the airport and we can catch a flight and we can be in Vegas in like two hours. And <laughs> and everyone was just like, oh my God, let's do it. Right. And so we we did, we did it. And everybody just we hadn't even unpacked from the lake yet. And we we threw everything in the cars, made our last minute flight arrangements, like hotel bookings, like all this other stuff. And uh and, and we just did it. And it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And next thing you know, we're all sitting on the plane together, just laughing at the insanity of all this. <laughs> yeah. right? right. And then we and then we get to Vegas and we, you know, we had a blast. We raced cars. We watched the UFC fight. We went to pool parties, dinners, like all this other stuff. And the thing that really occurred to me, like what, what made this, that experience possible is the people that I'm hanging out with and right. the, the people that are constantly pushing boundaries and the people that are constantly causing me to change my perspective and see things from a different angle and, and who are in their own right doing absolutely amazing things. And I don't think that you can ever find an equal substitute for an incredible group of people to continually hang around with. Like the, your, the peer group that you hang around with is so influential on who you are and who you become and what you do. And I'm not saying that like you have to go and like have all this stuff happen on these vacations. But what I'm, what I'm suggesting is like, it goes back to the, the, the saying that I think Jim Rohn is the one credited to this. He's like, you will become like, you will become the average of the five people you hang around right, with yeah. the most. And it's so incredibly true. Definitely. Right. This like, is why I limit my time with you careful. actually. I totally agree. It's why we do only 30 minute <laughs> meetings. On <laughs> Once we start getting close towards an hour, I feel myself turning to an ass. <laughs> Birds of a feather though. Um, you know, and, uh, but, but when it really occurred to me was when we we're sitting there making the decision to go to Vegas or not, like if I were with another group of people, there would have been oh well we don't have we don't have the time or you know we can't change our flight or we you know we we can't we can't pay for it or or whatever and it was amazing being with a group of like-minded people who were all like let's do it yeah. let's go right the odds the odds of eight people consenting to all go on a last minute trip with 20 minutes to figure out how to do it and extend their vacations for another 3 days like that's that's extraordinary yeah. to 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 get that um that kind of buy in <laughs> from from that size group of people and 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 it's because every one of them values values time and values freedom and and they're doing amazing things in their own business and that that make all of that possible and I think for me that was one of the most fun moments on the entire yeah. trip because I was like this is why this is why we build businesses yeah, this definitely. is why 
we do these things and push so hard is so that we can have the freedom to do crazy things like go to Vegas and definitely, definitely. I think that's, that's sometimes, you know, like how we obviously started this podcast talking about all this kind of stuff. I think sometimes people forget they've, they've been, you're in business for so long and you're, you, you're so mission driven. You've got such a vision and you're, you're busting your ass to get there and you're setting things up. And like you say, the goalposts are always moving that, it is actually quite easy to forget why you even started the damn thing in the first place. <laughs> and, and a lot yeah. I've, 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 I've experienced it, you know, and, and I, I've seen it over and over again with other people and you end up actually living for your business, not your business. Well, like you, you live your life supporting your business rather than your business supporting your life. And it, and it ends up so backwards. And I think what you've just said there is, perfect you know and it is that ability it's those it's those reminders in those moments that like this is why i got into doing what i want to do so i can make these decisions you know so i can so i can just say let's do this pack a bag and leave it's awesome yeah yeah and you don't have to leave but you can if you want to right exactly i love it i love everything about this yeah, so cool. And and uh and that 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 idea about why am I really doing what I'm doing? You know, just was kind of reinforced at many different stages on that trip, but we took a, an afternoon and and the four four guys who were there were like, "Hey, you know what would be cool to do tomorrow? Let's go race some exotic cars on a racetrack." <laughs> and I I was like, "Yeah, that'd be fun." And I didn't really think a lot about it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Right. And I, and I, we got out there and we had like this instruction and, you know, in a classroom and then they put us in simulators and then we put on these like racing suits and we went out to go, go to the cars. And I was standing there next to a Ferrari that I was about to drive 175 miles an hour. And, (laughs) and I was just, and I was like, wait a second. Like I've wanted to do something like this since I was eight, right? (laughs) you know? And here I am right now, and what and it felt so normal to me that yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this right now. But what I managed to catch in that moment was the fact that I had I'm I'm now celebrating the fruits of my labor and all the things that I've done. And that's the thing that I think when you don't take a vacation, you completely take for granted. And it gave me the perspective to not take it for granted to say, hey, wait a second this is really awesome. Right. And maybe yeah. it's not for you. It's not racing cars. Maybe it's hiking or, or going on, you know, uh, an extended, you know, road trip or, or whatever it is. Right. But it's like, you need to get that perspective in order for you to like ground yourself so that when you come back, you remember that, Hey, life is not all about work. I th- uh, believe me, like, I think work is important and I love it, mm. but it's not all about work. You need to remember why, why you're doing it. And if you don't enjoy your life as a result of the work that you're doing, you got to really check in with that. Definitely. You know, it's, it's funny. I, you've just reminded me of something I said to, uh, to, to Robin, my fiance, when we, when we actually took that vacation, I remember when I reached this point where I had actually relaxed, like I'd, I'd let it go. It was like, like say three, four days in or so. And I think like after five or so days, I remember sitting there and we was in these sun lounges. We were sat around the pool. And I had this cocktail in my hand and I'm drinking and I'm sat back and I felt like the most relaxed I'd felt in a long time. I remember turning to Robin and I said like, you know, I really truly do love what I do, but what I've just realized is it doesn't mean I always have to be doing it. That's that's so true. 
you know, and it, it was just like this moment that that had that realization because, you know, you're the same. Like we do love what we do, you know, and that's why yeah. you know, we are very, very fortunate and blessed. Like we get to do what we love every day, but it doesn't mean we need to be doing it every day, you know, and 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 that was just something that that came to me at that moment. I've always reminded myself of it ever since, like just because I love what I do, it doesn't mean I always have to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's it's OK to uh to you know have have uh have that break and it, i i don't even just think it's okay i think it's helpful and necessary to have that break right like you know there's you're creating and then you need to recreate right the word actually is recreate mm. and and that's that's important right that's like the whole thing and then you come back and you're like oh man like you know, I come back with a tremendous amount of focus and clarity because I feel like I get a better perspective on what's really important for us to be working on. And it it just like causes you to level up. And so, you know, again, uh, I, you know, find myself almost baffled by how effective taking a good vacation can be, mm. but I'm continuing to, to, to learn that it's part of the process of being, uh, being, Incredible, both incredibly productive and fulfilled, which I think are two really, really important things. And if you're only focused on productivity, eventually that tapers off and your fulfillment goes away. And so it's like you need you need both parts of that to get it right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, there we go. A good reminder for all of us then not to uh, not to go down that path that I went on for far too long and not take breaks, not take those vacations and have that downtime. It is essential. Yeah, totally. So, uh, well, there we go. I think, uh, I think we can call this one a wrap, Mr. Dean Holland. And, uh, I think we can, Mr. For real. I'm glad you're not, uh, immediately planning on sending me a sack of horseshit. I, I sort of, uh, feel like I got a little bit of a, a reprieve there based on my six inch putt story. <laughs> you can expect one soon. Yeah. Well, and uh, maybe uh, maybe just to sort of put this out there for the listeners, one of the things that I did on this vacation, which we didn't talk about, which I think we'll uh, potentially air in the future, Ooh. was I had a, uh, I would consider a very epic prank call <laughs> to oh, my... Yeah. <laughs> to my esteemed co-host Dean Holland, and I think uh, I think our listeners would really enjoy hearing that uh, <laughs> the recording of that <laughs> at a future date. Did you actually record it? A hundred percent. You know what? I actually got that wrapped up in what we were talking about today. For a brief moment, I completely forgot about that, and I can't <laughs> believe we didn't even mention it. So we've got to bring that up next time. Yeah, that's that's a whole ball of wax. Yeah, so that was <laughs> that was in another. Fact, I'm going to send a lorry load of shit right now. <laughs> it's going to be my own. <laughs> Screw the horse. <laughs> oh wait, it's backing up in my driveway as we speak. <laughs> Get me some laxatives. I've got to send James a box in the mail. Nice. That's uh, that's that's a pleasant a pleasant idea for me to end this show on. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I'm not saying it's undeserved. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh I think you guys will really enjoy hearing uh <laughs> hearing that. As you guys know, Dean uh Dean is getting married very soon and so uh you know, there's naturally some some stress and some tension around certain things and uh we played into that and had a good time <laughs> doing it. 
<laughs> oh, it's hilarious. I can't wait to listen to it myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 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 really funny. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, I uh, I guess we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah. I uh, I appreciate you guys listening to the show, and be sure to leave us a review, share this, and tell people what you think. And uh, until we talk to you guys next time, this is James P. Frill signing off for me and my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, and another episode of Just Tips. Talk with you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.